Hello and welcome to Pod Ventures and Odyssey. I'm Tatiana. And I'm Emily. Every week we re-listen to an episode of Adventures and Odyssey and then sit down to recap and discuss. And we're going in album order and we are currently in album four and today's episode is the seventh episode of that album called Let This Mind Be In You. I feel like it's our first real Connie Eugene episode. Where they're the entire A plot mm-hmm. and there's hardly a B plot. Mm-hmm. You could kind of say that Connie's got the A plot and Eugene's got the B plot in a certain sense. Sure. But, like, we've had them together in an episode where they were, like, a B plot. Was that in this album? It was last album, wasn't it? I am struggling to recall. It was, like, tail end of last album. I think it was the, um... Was it the one? It was the Sacred Trust. Yeah, the friend one. The friend one. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, but um, this one features them finally, so I've been looking forward to it for a little while, and there is a lot of relationship stuff. Oh my gosh, I know I want to get straight into it, but we do have a Chris Corner. Chris Corner. You know what, Chris Corner is supposed to have a theme song that changes every time, but we've kind of settled into a da-da-da, like, descending melody. Chris Corner. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to mix it up. Chris Corner is the part where the narrator of Adventures in Odyssey, like, has a little skit before and sometimes after the episode. Today she's with a, uh, Odyssey famous improv- no, not improviser, impressionist. Yeah, and now she does- the way that she put it was weird to me, because she's like, he's- odyssey famous worldwide or something like that or he's like the odyssey impressionist famous worldwide somehow she made it sound like the world was odyssey i was expecting also that we were going to know who this was kind Mm -hmm. of like sometimes she talks to historical figures like the statue of abraham lincoln Mm -hmm. who is a famous impressionist that you know of i know i know one I can't think of... It's sort of like a like a subset of like a stand-up comic, I feel like. Yeah. Nobody is just an impressionist. I know but... some YouTube impressionists. Oh, yeah, yeah. That Okay, now that's true. Yeah, there are some like voice actors who just do voice matching really well. I don't know what that guy's name is, but I'm thinking of one. I think we're thinking of the same person. We're thinking of the same person and audience. If you're not thinking of them, then I'm sorry that you had to <laughs> listen to this bit, but just know that we know someone. Who does really good voice matching. Yeah. This guy. Yeah, no, this guy, though, he comes in and Chris is like, um, and here he is, audience, and he's like, hey, everybody, it's me, the Impressionist. And who is that an impression of? She was like, oh, that's a great Pee Wee Herman. And he's like, no, this is my voice. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. And that proceeds to pretty much be his voice for, like, the next two or three however many characters he does. I think he does Mickey Mouse and someone from Gilligan's Island. It's me, Mickey Mouse. Hi, Ken. <laughs> okay, the Gilligan's Island one I knew, though, because he's like, help, Skipper. And, like, who else, who, else Skipper? who else is Skipper? Or who else is, like, saying something to Skipper yeah. but Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. But this, Chris Corner actually tied into the episode more than they sometimes do. Because she's like, how's your uh, impression of... Jesus? How are you imitating Jesus? Okay, that's a better way. (laughs) He proceeds to do Jesus's voice. No, he does not. (laughs) He's like, I don't understand the question. Right. Yeah, how are you imitating Jesus? 
Mm-hmm. And um, she says, well, Connie is about to have an adventure slash experience with this sort of question. And the dude is like, I don't know who Connie is. And she's like, oh, you're going to meet her right now. And they walk into Whitsend. Yeah, I... I always the questions. I think we might just have to accept that Chris exists in many worlds at once in our own and in the fictional world of Odyssey and um and so do her guests right yeah exactly I know see that's the thing is I never really thought of it until today but oftentimes she's like let's listen and I've never thought of her like zany guest being like present with her for the rest of the episode listening in but I guess they usually are (laughs) at least this guy is we don't get to hear from him again at the end so i kept waiting for it it never came Mm -hmm. it's been a little while since we've had a a bookend for chris corner true um but okay anyway all right all of that nonsense aside (laughs) we like chris corners we do um but we like connie and eugene more so (laughs) who doesn't truly Okay, it is the end of the day, and the shop has closed up, and Connie and Eugene are there, and uh, Wit is getting ready to go on a business trip. They have an important exchange before Wit has this conversation with them about the fact that he's leaving. We just kind of have some setting the stage where Connie and Eugene are doing the closing up, and Eugene is talking about this computer program he's going to be working on. I guess Connie was asking him, like, what are you up to after this? Mm-hmm. And he's working on some kind of program at the college for, like, storing grades. Computing them, in fact. Right. And uh, I know the future is soon, <laughs> at the end of the 80s. <laughs> and um, there is, yeah, there's, like, relationship development or, like, fleshing out, I guess yeah. you would say, because it's not so much development as it is, like, them both sort of making an effort to extend something like friendship to the other and both like missing it Mm -hmm. and then quickly retracting yeah because when he doesn't respond in the way that connie was hoping which is probably sort of like oh i'm not really up to anything right she she wanted like a more casual answer and he kind of launches into some like techno babble like i don't know he's he's interested in the thing that he is doing Mm -hmm. which isn't interesting to her So it's like, Connie has extended friendship to him by showing an interest in his life, but then he goes too far with, like, explaining what he's doing, so he, like, misinterprets her tone. It's like when someone says, how's it going, and you give them, like, your life story. Yeah, and you're like, oh wow, this person, like, wanted to listen to me, and they're like, oh gosh, I bit off more than I could do, this is not (laughs) what I meant. But Connie's response, of course, is just sort of a... How exciting. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, And so Eugene is like, oh. Well, he thinks that she's serious at first. Oh, yeah, yeah. He misinterprets. He's like, you really think so? Yeah, and then she's like, no. (laughs) And then he gets so sad. So it's like, oh, Connie, like, I don't know. Yeah, so she tried a little bit and then regretted it, which is unfortunate. And then he also, like, got excited and then got sad, which is sad. And then comes the line where Connie mutters to herself, I was going to invite you to bowling, but now I'm not. Yeah, where she's like, oh, geez. And then Eugene, this is like maybe the saddest Eugene line 
it's up there for all of Odyssey. I know we have 50 albums of this, but like I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna cut in this little part yeah. because of how fast it flies past and how sad it is. To rise to the challenge of an academic question and to okay, proceed- Okay, 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 forget I asked. I was gonna ask if you wanted to go bowling sometime and I don't think I will now. Bowling? All right, gang, here. And it comes back. In this episode or next, like, it comes it back comes later. later. Yeah, it's like a weird callback that, like, if you pay attention, it's very effective. Mm-hmm. So call attention to it now. So Wit comes in at this point, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when Connie is being like, oh, I wish you weren't going to be gone for two whole days. It seems like too long. Like, maybe you should just close the shop. And he's like, Friday, Saturday are our busiest days. And you guys can handle it just fine. What, do you think I didn't teach you well enough? And Connie expresses something that I feel like is, like, part of the crux of this episode, which is that she is afraid of making mistakes. Mm-hmm. She's also worried that Eugene isn't ready for it, but she kind of cuts herself off before mm-hmm. really saying it. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as they're at each other's throats, they, like, deep down, even at this point in their relationship, like, they kind of care. Mm-hmm. Or, like, they're trying to care. <laughs> I don't know. They're trying to be normal, empathetic human beings towards each other. Mm-hmm. You know sometimes you can just, like, tell that you could be friends with somebody? Mm-hmm. Even if you don't know them that well? That's kind of how our friendship started. We, just, we didn't have, like, a bitter bickering phase like on each other. No, we didn't. <laughs> We just had, like, mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And a phase of acquaintanceship where we always, it was just kind of like, Emily seems like someone that I could, like, talk to about a lot of stuff for a long time. Yeah. Had the same feeling with mm-hmm. you. And we were both, like, the people who sat quietly while everyone else talked at the mm-hmm. table often. Mm-hmm. Until the stars aligned, <laughs> by which I mean God aligned the stars. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Christian phrase for that? God's providence stepped in. Mm-hmm. And we became roommates. And um, the rest is history. Just like Adventures in Odyssey, we're still talking about stuff to this day, and this is our podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we, we've gone far afield from what was going on in the plot. Right, so Connie is afraid of making mistakes, which I feel is a, uh, I don't know how much of it is a like character thing versus a thing for this episode. I think it is for her early on. Mm-hmm. She's still very insecure in her faith, I think, mm-hmm. because she's a new Christian and she's trying to learn to emulate Wit, who is kind of her Christian parent, yeah. as it were. And she doesn't feel like she's like there yet. It's not always on display, but I feel like in this episode they really dig into it. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think it is because it's early in her life. It's not like a uh personality thing so much. I don't actually know if this thought is going anywhere, but just the fact that, like, when one cares deeply about things. Yeah. You want things to go well. Mm -hmm. You want to do well by other people. Yeah, so it's like, even though she's not a fretful person, like, in her personality, I think it shows how much she cares about doing a good job of being a Wits End employee and all that that entails. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something of a thought. Yeah. Um, there, There is an Easter egg or another, I don't know what you want to call oh. it, a seed planted in this scene shortly thereafter. Is She's not only afraid of making mistakes, she's afraid of, oh, I don't know, pressing a button and burning down Wits End. Oh, man. And Eugene's response to that, 
I don't think we have a button that does that. Ha 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 album? Album 5? Alright. Yep. <laughs> we'll just move on from all of that maybe unintentional foreshadowing. Please disregard. Yeah, please disregard. Um, it's, it's mild foreshadowing, I think. So, Wit, Wit responds with, like, basically the other crux of this episode, is, which is, just run the shop like I would. Ooh. And he's left them a note with instructions, should they need it. Well, and they can call him. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's, he has given them the number, and he will be in Chicago, available. And Eugene is very confident that they can handle this. Right. Yes. The two disparate attitudes. And I don't think that Eugene is confident because he doesn't care that he's not taking it seriously. I think he's just a, at best, very self-assured and at worst, very arrogant person. Probably somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. He's also a little bit older, so he has more life experience. Right. He's a grad student and Connie is a high schooler, so Mm -hmm. it's a little different. Um, The next scene... Is, uh, I wrote down that they have an actually nice conversation when Connie comes in. They do. It's, it's super mild. It's like a, hey, Eugene, like, sorry I'm late. And he's like, oh, no worries. And she's like, how is school? And he's like, oh, not much. I was like, wow, they're just being chill. They, they can have a normal conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's like, kind of blink and you'd miss it, but they were not at each other's throats for a half a second there. <laughs> It was very cute. Okay, so here here we have the beginning of Eugene's subplot, which is that paint has arrived. Mm-hmm. Two, I was going to say jars, but they're not jars. <laughs> Cans. Cans. Two jars of paint are here. <laughs> and one is ivory and one is light blue. And so they both are just like, oh. And the thing is that the delivery guy was like, I can't remember which one was ordered, so I brought both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they get into a little bit of a bickering match because Eugene's like, I remember Mr. Whitaker saying he wanted to paint the Bible room. So I bet he wanted to paint it ivory. I'm going to do it. Because he likes that color. Yeah. I see he uses it. Mm-hmm. So Eugene's like, I'm going to paint the Bible room ivory. And Connie's like, whoa, whoa. Wit actually likes light blue, I think, not ivory. And Eugene's like, based on what evidence? Right. And she's like, um, based on me knowing him longer than you and... And at this point I was like, are you still talking about paint? I know, right? It's like one of the Connie's insecurity points of like when Eugene first arrived, it was like immediately a, am I being replaced? Does Mm -hmm. Wit like him more? Mm -hmm. And so she's falling back on like, I've known him longer. Uh, And uh, I wrote down (laughs) that Eugene says, I never assume. He said, assuming. <laughs> because he, but he, he argues that he is making conclusions based on, like, deduction or whatever. And evidence. Evidence and logic. And it's like, meh. That's still an assumption. It's, yeah, I mean, that you could say that that's just, like, a fancy way of making, like, an informed assumption. But it's still mm-hmm. an assumption if you don't have confirmation from a person about their own motives, you know? Yeah. So it's pretty flimsy. I feel like Eugene is being silly but he's very sure of himself and connie is like okay whatever and she no she says that his idea of painting oh, the room right. ivory is stupid and he informs her that it's very rude to say that about people's ideas especially mine <laughs> right yeah 
Oh my gosh, he does. There are a few good, like, Eugene Zingers, that being one of them. So they agree to disagree. Very mature of you, Connie. Mm-hmm. After they have this interaction, Connie draws attention to how she's dressed. Right, that she is like, I got a new sweater, and Eugene is like, it looks like a Mr. Whitaker sweater. And she's like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> I'm supposed to be like him, so I figured I should dress like him. And I think Eugene kind of drops it. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's not a point worth arguing, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, dress how you like. Yeah. I feel like maybe it would be worth mentioning to Connie, like, I don't know if that is... I don't think that that's how it works. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. You do you, Connie. Method acting. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Get into the Mr. Whitaker spirit. You've got to breathe in the Mr. Whitaker sweater air. <laughs> sweater air? <laughs> sweater air. That's the name of the sentence. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so now Jack and Lucy come into Wit's End, and Connie has, like, her first challenge of being the replacement Mr. Whitaker. They want to go to the Bible room. Yeah, but Eugene is painting it in there. And uh, so Connie is like, oh, I can help you. What What's going on? And uh, they have this question because Lucy told Jack about a Bible story, and he, like, kind of doesn't believe it. And it is the story of when Jacob wrestled an angel and won. <laughs> and uh, Connie is like, oh, yeah, I remember that story, kind of. Is it really winning? No. They don't. Absolutely not. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. This is how it's remembered by these children for some reason, or by Lucy. Um, and also by Connie, who is like, oh, yeah, I read that story. I remember. Yeah, it's about, um, yeah, Jacob is, I mean, I think it was an angel. Like, and I think the angel hurt his hip. Or the other way around? And was he called Israel then? And then she was like, oh, and wait, which which order is it? Jacob, Isaac, Jacob, Abraham. And the kids are just like, it's okay, Connie. We'll, we'll come back when, when Mr. Whitaker is back. And she's like, no, 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 wait, I think I know. And they leave. And she's like, I could look it up. Yeah, and notably, this is also the first, like, I feel like each vignette, the kids mention something else about wit that they miss or want mm -hmm. that she can't do. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, Wit tells us stories, though. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just answer our questions. Yeah, yeah. But in this next vignette, they are having a problem with the Bible verse mirror, mm -hmm. which is broken. Yeah, it just keeps repeating some portion of a verse. What verse was it repeating? I think it's John 3.16. Oh, okay. For God so loved the world that he... Yeah, it just keeps going over and over, and, uh... Connie is like, oh, okay, yeah, I can, I can fix it. Like, I haven't been around wit and not picked up some technology knowledge. And uh, the thing is wired into the wall, which, like, why was my first question. I know. Well, we But the do thing about why. it is, we kind of do know why, and it's all connected. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that for album five, but don't worry about it until don't, then. Yeah, disregard I mean, regardless, it is still weird. It we'll is... get to that in album five, though. Yeah, we have thoughts. So, uh, Connie, like, tries playing with the switches on the back of it, and it makes the thing, like, speed up the voice, which it, it gave me a lot of questions now as to, like, what are these switches actually programmed to do, or what are they meant to do? Calibration? Like, yeah, okay, I guess. But, yeah, it's a big black box of mystery, those mm -hmm. switches. 
yeah, well, regardless, it does not turn the thing off, and I guess Connie, like, hassles it too much and causes, like, fuses to short or something. Or the mirror to break, I wasn't clear. I think, I, there's glass shattering, there's, like, the sound of electricity mm -hmm. discharging, there are many sound effects. For God so loved the world that he gave. There! For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. Connie, make it stop! I'm trying! I'm trying! Connie! Stop it, you stupid mirror! That's enough! It's broken, regardless mm -hmm. of how it's broken. Yes, and this kid Jennifer that I don't know? I don't think she shows up again either. Yeah. At, at the very least, she never becomes like a staple child. She is like mildly freaked out. She even offered like, why don't we get Eugene? And I was actually surprised that Connie didn't immediately be like, no, I can do it. She was like, well, he's got classes. Yeah, he wasn't present. Yeah, it kind of would have made a lot of sense if she was like, no, me fix. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, this is another aspect of wit of his, like, tech savviness, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And I laughed, too, because Connie is, like, afraid that she's going to burn down with Ten. And as I was hearing the electricity happening, I was like, Connie's going to burn down with Ten. <laughs> Like, I don't remember how this episode ends. Maybe she does burn it down. Maybe she does, and it's rebuilt by the next episode. And here is the probably the most significant part of the story, or, like, I guess the most significant vignette, which is the Mr. Whitaker advice vignette, Ooh. in which Jimmy and Donna are hanging out, further adding to their, like, sibling relationship, where they are a girl and a boy two years apart, and yet... For as much as they are at the, each other's throats sometimes, they also, like, care about each other and actually spend time talking to each other about real-life stuff, which yeah. is pretty cool. It's kind of funny. That's the same age gap between me and my brother. Mm-hmm. Did you guys talk about real-life stuff? That I recall, yes. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, yeah, it's just nice to have that kind of relationship depicted rather than only being that, like, stereotypical Bickering antagonistic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they're talking about it at Whitson. Uh, Jimmy got in trouble at school, and Connie convinces them to tell her because she's like, "I can be Mr. Whitaker. I'll give you the advice. Just pretend that I'm Wit. Mm -hmm. like your voice is higher." And Donna is like, "Oh, just tell him, or just tell her." <laughs> they do call. They do call Connie Mr. Whitaker at it's one like, point. What should we do, Mr. Whitaker? I mean, Connie. <laughs> Uh, so the, the issue is that Jimmy uh, got in trouble for something that wasn't his fault. That's how he frames it. Mm -hmm. So what happened from his perspective is that some kid, like, stole his ruler and claimed that Jimmy had his ruler and then started pushing Jimmy around. And so Jimmy started pushing him back and they both got sent to the principal's office. For fighting. Mm -hmm. So the debate now is whether Jimmy should tell his parents about this. Because he's like, they're just going to get mad at me for fighting. So, like, I don't know. And Donna believes he shouldn't tell his parents because it's not a big deal and it wasn't his fault. Mm -hmm. And he already basically got in trouble enough with the principal. And the, here's the, the big thing. <laughs> is that Jimmy is like, yeah, I kind of don't want to tell them, but I have this kind of feeling like I should tell them. Yeah. <sighs> the feeling oh, no. that you should tell your parents about something. That's a feeling to listen to. Yep. So, but Connie deliberates a little bit and then is like, well, 
you, like, like Donna said, like, you already got in trouble for it, and, you know, it, it would just upset your parents, and it's not a big deal, so there's no point in telling them. Let bygones be bygones. Mm-hmm. What are bygones? <laughs> what are bygones? I don't actually know either. <laughs> they are just things that have gone by. <sighs> that makes sense. I appreciate the, uh, Chris interlude. Which she's like, did Connie give good advice? <laughs> Didn't she? I can't help but feel like Connie kind of gave the kind of advice that one might give to a teenager. Yeah. I mean, it's still, like, if a teenager said they had a feeling they should tell their parents, like, that's still always a feeling to listen to. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like... If you got into something weird at school, but the principal didn't call your parents about it, then it there, I don't know, there are a few more, like, factors at play, I guess. I don't know. I feel like teenagers, like, in high school, you have a little bit more autonomy. Yeah. Academically. Although, I mean, especially in high school, in high school you shouldn't be pushing people around, hopefully, or yeah. being pushed around. It's, it's probably less likely to happen, but if it does happen, the context is more likely to involve self-defense. Yeah. I don't know. I still, yeah, so I still feel like Connie's advice is bad, but it does feel to me as if it is geared towards somebody older than Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, Jimmy being 10 makes it seem like no questions asked. You should definitely tell your parents. It's, like, um, important for them to be informed. Right. And especially what's... also, like, with the caveat that Connie knows Jimmy's parents and knows that they're good people. Yeah. So, back from the break... Connie and Eugene are discussing the mirror. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they touch base as Eugene is painting the Bible room, Ivory. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, he he basically says that the mirror is pretty intricate, and so Wit would be the only person to fix it. It's like, I can't fix it with my inferior skills. <laughs> right? And um, he, he says that more or less, and then he has to translate it for Connie in simpler terms. He's like, it's a conditional yes. Yeah. Basically, yeah. it can be fixed, but only by wit. Mm -hmm. So, that's fine. And at this point, George Barkley uh, arrives to talk to Connie. And he has that, like, parental sort of air about him of, like, I am here for unpleasant business. He's like, I don't want to do this, but it's better for both of us if we just do this now. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't normally. I'm not a confrontational person. But, uh... Yeah, he basically tells Connie, like, so I found out that my son was, like, in a fight. Found out from the other kid's parents, mm -hmm. naturally. And, um, he's like, so, and Jimmy, like, I gather that you basically told him not to tell me? And Connie's like, I just really didn't think it was a big deal. And this is the point where we flash back to the arcade sharks, mm -hmm. in which... Uh, George is trying to build trust with his son and make him feel as though he can come to his dad about anything, mm -hmm. regardless of whether or not it will involve punishment. Right. Because, specifically because of this incident, mm -hmm. they are trying to rebuild that trust. Yeah, and so, and like, I mean, that yeah, there's this relationship context that Connie isn't familiar with on top of giving bad advice. Mm -hmm. So... She is like, um, like, I'm sorry. I, I really should have known better. And, like, I'm sorry that I gave that advice. And George says it's, like, basically don't tell kids not to talk to their parents. Like, it's always harmful. Yeah, like, that. that's, that's pretty much 
a rule. It's a good rule of thumb for advice giving. Yeah. Maybe don't tell children to hide stuff from their parents. Mm-hmm. At least not when the parents are good people. Because, right. of course, there will always be outlying situations, but, mm-hmm. like, as a general rule of thumb. Yeah, given normal, healthy family relationships. So Connie feels pretty dang discouraged at this point. Uh, after George leaves, mm-hmm. and then Jennifer, this kid who was there with the mirror, is like, Connie, I spilled my milkshake. Help me clean it up. And Connie gets all mad at her. Like, clean it up yourself. And she's like, Wit wouldn't have yelled at me. And she's like, well, I'm not Wit, am I? Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. The real realization. Well, that Connie kind of should have known all along, but yeah. it's getting hung up on stuff. And so, uh, in the next scene, she complains to Eugene about it, is what my note says. And this is an interesting scene. I did not expect this scene to be, like, the scene. Right. But you can kind of tell coming into it that this is the scene where, like, character who needs to learn the lesson is gonna lay out their incorrect thought process, and then, like, wiser character is going to explain to them where their thought process is wrong. Except that both characters need to learn a lesson. It's mm-hmm. just that Eugene's hang-ups are not Connie's hang-ups. That's why I find it so interesting that Eugene gets to be the one to help Connie, like, to explain this to her. Yeah. And I wrote down it's like the non-believer gets to explain the Christian walk to the believer. <laughs> and it's not that Eugene is, like, doing it in those terms, but that's basically exactly what he's doing. Because mm-hmm. that's what this whole episode is a metaphor for. Um, so yeah, Connie is, like, all upset, and Eugene is like, what is it all about? And she's like, ah, it's a long story. And he's like, I'm too ashamed to talk about it. Right, and he's like, well, then I will continue painting. And she just talks all about it, as people often do, when they're like, ah, I don't want to talk about it, but, like, it's kind of bottled up, and you can't help talking about it. Mm -hmm. I know that feeling. Too bad you're too ashamed to talk about it. Right. (laughs) Like, come on, Eugene. And Connie kind of reiterates the, the point of all of this, which is that she feels like a, an incredible failure. Mm-hmm. That she's just a failure as a person, a failure as a model of wit. And this, this is the other best Eugene line in this episode, <laughs> which is he, like, throws it offhand because he's like, oh, like, I don't know what it's like to fail. It's like, I can't understand how you feel as I've never failed. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But, yeah, so he, he, but he kind of logically explains to Connie, like, what is it exactly that Mr. Whitaker wanted you to do? And she's like, well, he wanted me to be like him. And he's like, ah, like him, not to be him, because you can't be him. I think what he was really saying is that he wants you to, you know, be yourself, but using all of the tools and knowledge that he is giving you. And because you can only be Connie Kendall. Yeah. He wouldn't expect you to be somebody else. And Connie's response is like, wow, sometimes you make a lot of sense, Eugene. He's like, sometimes? (laughs) Yeah, Eugene, sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Don't be surprised. Although if you listen, you can kind of figure out by reading between the lines of what he's saying. Hmm, When he says sometimes? No, when he says anything. It just, you kind of have to like dissociate from the words coming out of his mouth. (laughs) Um, so then I wrote down what I feel like is, like, the conclusion of the episode, like, thematically, which is Connie saying, okay, I'll be myself plus the things that he's taught me. 
Good conclusion, Connie. You've learned your lesson, but guess who hasn't learned their lesson yet? <laughs> uh, we have our next scene. Wit is back, and uh, Connie is, like, apologizing about the mirror, and he's like, oh, it's no problem. I can fix it. But, uh, what happened to the Bible room? He's like, yeah, something, it's, it's weird. <laughs> What's the deal? And Eugene is like, hmm, 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 you noticed what I did. Uh. <laughs> All pleased with himself. Oh, Eugene. Yeah, and Wit is like, well, yeah, I noticed that you, like, painted it ivory. And Eugene is like, I remembered you saying you wanted it painted. Ha ha. And he's like, because I correctly deduced that it was the ivory paint and not the light blue paint that was also delivered. And Wit was like, well, they were both delivered because I was going to paint the shed. Blue uh, on the inside. And then the door ivory. And Eugene is like, the shed? All, like, embarrassed, like, oh, the, the, the shed. It's like, I put these instructions in the note, remember? And Connie and Eugene are both like, the note. There was a note. Oh my gosh, it was funny because I actually totally forgot about the note as well. It was, like, real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I missed it, too. It was well done. It, it's always well done when you, like, make the audience forget about the thing that the characters are supposed to forget about. Mm-hmm. So... And then he was like, yeah, I, I wrote even instructions on, like, how to turn off the mirror if it acted up. And Connie was like, oh. Aww. And Eugene was like, you thought of that? And Wit is like, yeah. And even if I hadn't, like, why didn't you call me? And they were like, call you? We didn't want to bother you. And he's like, what am I going to do with you two? You should know by now that it's not a bother to hear from you. Was there anything else that happened while I was gone? <laughs> I kind of thought Connie was going to tell him about the the situation with Jimmy, but she's like, well, there is something too. I want to know about um, the time that Jacob wrestled an angel and won. Can you tell us that story? And it's funny because Wit doesn't correct her right away. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, that story, um, it's happening right before Jacob was about to reunite with his brother Esau after, like, a long fraught period. And he was on his way from this place and he was stopping at... Bethel, Bethel. Or, mm -hmm. and then uh, yeah it's sort of like trailing off into one of his like Mr. Whitaker stories like you could almost hear this as like a different Odyssey episode is beginning you know <laughs> yeah he's like narrating this story but it is paused for Connie to express that it's good to have him back it's always good to have Wit back it truly is um and so it, in case it wasn't clear enough to us Chris outlines that um, this whole episode is basically a parable similar to the parables Jesus used to tell. And in this metaphor, the note that is Will left is yeah. scripture. Mm -hmm. And because Will is God, obviously, in this metaphor. And the phone call is like prayer, you know. Mm -hmm. There are ways of knowing how to be like God. And, uh, and I feel like one of the ways also, obviously, is, like, the relationship that Connie has had with Wit, I think, also counts. Yeah. But the parable is essentially, like, have his mind in yourselves, be like him. Yeah, that is pretty much it. We took a look at the discussion questions and thought that they were pretty cut and dried? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we could talk about... One of the questions was to do with, like, Connie's motivation. For why she was... Why did she, why did she misinterpret when Wit said, be like me, and she thought she had to be him? Is that really even the issue? Is our problem that we think we have to be Jesus? I think our problem is that we think we have to be perfect. 
Yeah, I think that is the, the real problem is that we get discouraged when we make a mistake. Because I think that's the issue that Connie runs into is that she, she makes a handful of mistakes and then she just gets so frustrated that she yells at a child. Mm-hmm. I think there, there's another way that this episode could have been done that part of me wished that it had at the end, but then I realized that it's like a slightly different meaning, which is like Connie and Wit are different people and so they exemplify Christ in different ways like in their different strengths and like Connie trying to be Mr. Whitaker like fix the invention and give the advice and tell the Bible story is like not stuff that she does but there is like a different way that Connie is like Christ yeah but that makes it less of a parable like the episode is a pretty clean parable with wit being God so I kind of wanted there to be an example after Connie realized, like, oh, I don't have to be Mr. Whitaker. I just have to use what he's taught me and be myself. I wish that there was an example of her actually doing that. But that's not within the framework of this metaphor, I don't think. No. I think for a parable it works really well, though. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how Eugene fits into the parable. He has a different problem, which isn't really addressed by Chris at the end. Is Eugene a metaphor for a non-Christian who assumes they know what to do in life to please God, but without actually reading the word or praying? Is that a metaphor? Because he has a relationship with wit, which like in this parable implies that he is a believer, or that he has a relationship with God. It's kind of weird. We're like stretching the metaphor. Yeah, I don't think it was designed to encompass this. I think he maybe he's just exemplifying it doesn't matter whether you're discouraged or very Mm self-assured because you can have the experience like Kanye did and get discouraged and we see how that is like not really the right way to respond because you're getting discouraged about something that you're like not meant to literally be this person or I guess like you said it's more like you were supposed to not be discouraged about our imperfections like don't let that stop us Mm-hmm. And then Eugene is exemplifying the opposite reaction of feeling very self-assured, but you can still mess up. <laughs> he lacks humility in his actions. Mm-hmm. He's acting out of a place of, like, believing that he knows best rather than relying on, I guess, the note, which is our metaphor for scripture, to tell him what is best. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're both having that problem, but... And it's interesting, too, because it's sort of like, yeah, it's, I guess, in this metaphor, like, if you are a Christian and you feel like you know God really well, you might be like, oh, I know what God would want me to do in this situation. I am very confident that God would want me to do this thing. And so you do it without consulting scripture, without praying about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a recipe for bad times. I don't know if we have more to say about this episode because I feel like a lot of what we got I think a lot of what was interesting about it is the relationship stuff which we did during yeah. the episode yeah the relationship stuff is much more interesting I think the more we get into these stable characters in the story the more we're gonna want to talk about like the relationships between them mm-hmm. which is it's been nice to yeah. finally be able to actually talk about that Yeah, it's going to get harder not to talk about future episodes, though. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's okay, because there's going to be more past episodes to talk about. That's true. In retrospect. 
Remember that one time when Connie and Eugene met each other for the first time? <laughs> and they had a completely normal conversation. <laughs> they were like, oh wow, it's nice to meet you. We were like, this is not foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> well, audience, what did you think of our first real focus on Connie and Eugene's relationship? Did you enjoy the episode? Was it fun for you? Do you want more Connie and Eugene content? If so, email us about what you would like to see Connie and Eugene get up to in future episodes at podventuresinodyssey at gmail.com or leave a little comment or post on our Reddit at r slash podventuresinodyssey. Next episode is not a Connie and Eugene episode, I don't think. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a Barkley family episode. Well, that's also fun. Can't all be Connie and Eugene episodes, but what if it could? <laughs> but what if yes? Adventures in Connacy. <laughs> you ventures in Connacy? Huge ventures in Connacy. <laughs> oh no. That's not the title of this episode, is it? <laughs> no, it's so terrible. It's really bad. Next episode, we have a good and faithful servant. Join us next time for another Podventure in Odyssey. Catch you later, Cat's Paws. Bye. Did you enjoy the episode? Was it fun for you? Do you think that... Wit is God. <laughs>